All right, welcome in, folks, to the Game of Kicker podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike, along with Chuck here. What up, Mikey? Now, much, man. How you doing? Good. Just trying to sort through our audio issues here. What's been going on, man? You've been watching anything new lately? I think the only thing I've like major on right now is True Detective for me. Yeah, uh, True Detective, and then I just started watching something called In the Know on Peacock, mm. which is kind of like um, an NPR spoof, like claymation, like NPR hosts and like studio personnel that they actually interview real people um, on camera, but it's it's funny. It's a comedy uh, starting starring our friend Zach Woods from Silicon Valley and Veep and oh yeah, he's um, funny. Yeah, and Avenue Five and uh, The Office. Gabe from The Office. So yeah, that's uh, that's I think it's a Mike Judge um, produced show. Yeah, I'll have to give yeah. that a watch. Yeah, it's only was- six episodes, so it should be pretty quick. Peacock is kind of being the the go to right now for me outside of HBO. Like I've been watching Ted on Peacock the series, and it's actually pretty yeah. funny. Like it's it's pretty dark and pretty ruthless as much as they burn people, but it's actually pretty funny. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pardon me. Um, I watched the first couple episodes. It's funny, very funny. Yeah. Got to go back to it and finish it up. It was kind of yeah. I'm gonna start the third to episode today. I've only watched the first two. The first one is like over. It's like almost an hour long. Yeah, it's really long. But yeah, that's that's been pretty good. Um, I don't really want to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, that's gonna break out during a Taylor Swift concert. But well, there's one place you know that we we disagree on. I'm a big Swifty, not for her music, but just for a defender of hate. Uh, shade. Hate. <laughs> so all the hate and shade thrown her way oh yeah uh, so, i'm the exact uh, opposite i'm yeah. like i'm like those guys from the Chappelle show just hate 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 yeah you're a player <laughs> hater <laughs> yeah so, oh man yeah we got taylor swift versus uh mr relevant in the in the super bowl yeah, I was hoping it'd be Eminem versus Taylor Swift, but I guess not. Yeah, it should have been, but the narrative didn't play out that way. Yep. I think the Chiefs are probably going to win. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think the thing with Pat Mahomes was like before, it's like, oh, he's only good with all these great people around in there. So, all right, well, let's get rid of all of our good receivers and running backs and just have Travis Kelsey and a bunch of dudes, and they're still, like, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, (laughs) still finding ways to win. No other – I mean, they had some good running backs for a time, and now some guy named um, Pacheco is the running back. And they've got a receiver – I think Kavarius Tony, who was a giant, who can't catch, you know, who can't catch a ball, and still they're winning. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, it's upon us. Not this weekend, but next weekend. 
Yeah, the Pro Bowl games are this coming weekend, so we'll have to get through that, and then it'll be the Super Bowl. I don't even know if I'm going to watch. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I used to watch and go to parties, but lately, not so much. Yeah. So. But, yeah. Well, enough about divisive stuff. Let's talk. Let's talk about something that is that doesn't divide any of us, and that's True Detective, because you, me, and Marcus certainly don't have different theories um, about where the show is going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, my theory changes every five minutes, but I, true, I kind of have a few theories, and I was gonna, you know, as we, I need to remind myself in our discussion to bring up something I heard, Issa Lopez. Um, the writer and director of this season of True Detective, which she said in the podcast about episode three and what's to come in episode four. So I can't remember. I can't forget to bring that up because yeah, um, I think it gives a good insight to where we're going. Yeah. But yeah, what did you think of this episode? Episode three. Uh, I... I I was going to give the episode a pretty mild rating. Like, I was going to... The first two are, like, nines. And I was going to give this one a six until, like, the last... The very ending. Um, And that that brought it home. Because I was like, okay, it's a mid-episode. They're just bringing stuff along. And then, boom! The shit happened at the end. And I was like, okay, I'm officially creeped out. (laughs) Yeah, it was a pretty docile episode until the last like five minutes well i would say it was kind of i I was leaning towards what you were saying like if this is like how are you gonna have just like a filler episode with only six (laughs) episodes in a season (laughs) true um but i mean thinking back and watching a second time i mean it you do get it's kind of like a a world building episode till the end you know you get information on Navarro and Danvers, uh, the crux of their relationship status, um, you know, what happened between them when they were working together. Um, also from like, I think the theme is maybe unreliable narrators in this episode. Definitely. So definitely. Danvers talks to freshman young detective um about because he asked her what happened between them and is basically working a case on a uh what she calls murder suicide but in like dan they show like the flashback and um you know a guy kills his girlfriend or wife yep and then he's whistling um twist and shout which is the song in the oh that's what yeah. he was whistling okay yeah. yeah i didn't i did not pick up on that yeah so i was like wait this sounds familiar and i'm a i was researching and rewatching it was uh twist and shout uh so that part to explains her irritation with that in the first couple episodes um oh. or the first episode at the Stowall station um but yeah we i mean so there's it really wasn't a murder suicide but we don't know who shot 
the husband was a Danvers and Navarro, and I'm sure with either, I'm sure that's there's something there. Yeah, that there's definitely tension. beef. Yeah, there's definitely beef between the two of them over however that situation got handled. They wrote it down as murder suicide. Obviously, I'm thinking one of them pops the guy, and they're just yeah. like, let's just write it down as murder suicide. Um, I have no idea which one it's going to be, but yeah, we get we got some flashbacks in this episode, and of course, there was like the beginning where um, uh, Navarro goes to arrest Annie Kay, and she's mm-hmm. uh, at a birthing center, like in a, uh, an underground birthing center, um, and like helps out with the birth, and, and I guess is kind of reluctant to arrest her um, for the for uh, protesting and and like um, property destruction, but we don't actually see her like arrest her, so. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if did she actually arrest her there, or I mean, it was it was kind of interesting because she goes in gung ho to arrest her, and then sees that she's helping with the birth and all of her people, um, and she, they ask her to assist and like arrest me after I do this, you know? Yeah, and you could tell like she, her. Changing. I wonder if she doesn't yeah. arrest her, and then she like winds up getting like killed like three days later. Yeah, I wonder how that's a great question. Like, how close to the timeline? Yeah, I'm wondering if Navarro feels guilty, like, to some degree. Like, at the way she was looking inside the container at her body when she finds Navarro, like, if she, like, feels regret for not, like, arresting her and making her stay in jail, then maybe she wouldn't have gotten <laughs> killed. I don't know. Yeah. Or, I mean, it could just be she saw what good she was doing for the community and, and oh, true, she arrests true. her but gets out on bail and, you know, uh, but. Um. Yeah, so there's a couple of flashbacks, and but we see kind of the importance of Andy K to the community. Yep. Um, in this episode, um, that's it's kind of where it like picks up like in the modern day. I love how they do the like the date, and then it says like how many days a night. And it's yeah. like only day six, and it's just like oh yeah. my god, it feels like it's been like one day just because it's always been nighttime that's so crazy to think um but it picks up with the like the manhunt like they're going after um what's his name ray yeah the survivor from uh, clark yeah from from the salal and like um pete's dad hired a bunch bunch of hillbillies (laughs) yeah yeah some of the insurrectionists arrive yeah who haven't been found from january 6th What's the uh, <laughs> yeah, they went as far away from Washington as they could, yeah, um, what's with the oranges? like the guy like drops his backpack and like it's like oranges spill out. It's such like we talked about like no detail being wasted, right, but what's a red herring, what's not, and like Chekhov's gun like if if there's something like a gun hanging on the wall in the first act, you have to shoot it in the second or third, otherwise, what's it doing there, right? So it's like there's all these little details. It's so weird, and maybe it's to show that these guys are not not from the North Slope, or you know, they they have oranges, which are supposedly expensive, like from the grocery store trip that we saw Navarro and her sister take. Yeah, well, is this a Chekhov's gun or a red herring? And you know, because then also when Navarro's in the ice and she throws the orange and it rolls back to her. Um, yeah. Oh my God. You know, and and so like. I mean, there was, as you mentioned, there was 
you know, as you see everybody's food pantry, it's a lot of canned goods and a lot of stuff because where they're at, it's not easy to get, apparently, I mean, it's not easy to get food, but apparently it's easy to get great cell phone reception. Yeah. Um, like every fucking way in the tundra. <laughs> yeah. um, but maybe they'll have um, Elon Musk, um, like Starlink phone internet. So, yeah, um, it's got to be the case. <laughs> But yeah, the oranges is very interesting because it's just, um, it's almost, I mean, it could be symbolic for like, it doesn't belong here. You don't belong here. You know. Yeah, maybe so. It just showing them as outsiders. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, I mean, Navarro's kind of an outsider because you left and came back but i think what a comic say alaskan girls always come back or something yeah <laughs> um yeah she's kind of in between right like she's native right she's mm -hmm. the, uh, part of the um inupiat and then like she left alaska for a while and like her mom never told her 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 inupiat name and so she's like yeah. she's like right in between everybody it's really interesting like so it's a great point how this is more from her perspective than it is Jodie Foster's and about whether or not she's a reliable narrator more than anybody else. It's such a good call out because she's in the middle of everything. Um, but, and I think we saw it in the last episode when Jodie Foster was at uh, Navarro's house, like helping her unload the groceries. Was that last yeah. episode? And she was like, I can't, I don't remember where you like kept your cans. And I know there was this like really weird tension of they used to be partners and she made the comment about her going back with girls again. Like, do you think yeah. they had a relationship? I think, I think the way they're selling kind of, no, I mean, Danvers as, or both of them just to like kind of sex positive. I'll put it in that terms besides yep. like yep. just getting around, but like that, I could see both of them being in a relationship. Um, and if it's something that happened like after her husband died, after Danvers is, mm. and how did you say the word? Not Inuit, but the in. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, in, in in, Inupiat. Yeah. Inupiat. Um, yeah. Her husband, we don't know how long they were together, how long we, you know, and what, how he died. But obviously, I think we're getting some more context clues too that she had a son with him. Yes. That died also. Um, I'm assuming died because we don't see with the son. And we keep in this episode, we see basically the child basically telling uh, when the child with the polar bear. But the one eye that uh, Danvers also finds in a box or has in a box at her house. And she had a, in one of the episodes, she wakes up with a little hand on her shoulder, you yep. know. Um, so there's there's something to the story there with the, her ex-husband and child. Um, but we don't know about... Um, but yeah, we're finding, we're getting fed a lot of information. And only three episodes left, so it's kind of interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Um, you know, we do have Danvers, too. I mean, uh, 
not Danvers, Navarro out on the ice looking, um, you know, for Raymond. Um, yeah, part of the search party. Yeah. As part of search party with the Oath Keepers and uh, Proud Boys and the Three Percenters. <laughs> and, and they, um, she falls and hits her head. And she has some kind of flashback to her time in the military. Mm-hmm. And that's where she sees the boy with the polar bear, right? Yep. Was it that part she saw it? Yep. So, you know, it kind of establishes to me she rammed her head on the ice. So, you know, as we go through the episode, the other kind of unreliable narrator, and this is what she ends up seeing in her story through the rest of the episode. Is this real? True. You know, and we'll talk more about that. Um, what are some of the other major plot points of this episode? Well, I like how pretty much the thing that happens next is like she and Danvers, Navarro and Danvers have pretty much agreed, okay, we're going to work together, but just on this case. And then when it's over, we'll go our separate ways. And uh, they like, they like wind up at the police station and she's like, they both want to look at the evidence and it's like crammed into the evidence locker. And it's just Mm -hmm. like taking up the entire room. And it's like, there's like eight people dead. Like you would think yeah. this would like be put it like they've got the bodies at the rink. You don't think they would like rent out a conference room and like put all the evidence there? Like yeah, so they, they just like yeah, get it, it everywhere. You know, like a fucking warehouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, they go through it, and I I love the dynamic that I, just Jodie Foster's character bringing the whole we're not asking the right question or what is the right question narrative, and you know the whole mining thing it just seems like we're getting thrown off we're not asking the right question um and they you know they discover that they have discovered that uh ray clark and, and annie k were having a relationship but they kept it off the books somehow we don't know why they were keeping it a secret that's another thing that we need to ask yeah. is why um but you know they go through the photos and then they discover that somebody had to know about it just based on you know <laughs> The style of the photographs, you know, the majority of them were candid, which were taken by themselves. Yeah. And then some were, you know, from a distance, meaning they were hanging out with somebody. So they soon figure out that it's the, the, the hairstylist in town um, because of the dye on the photograph, right? And, um, mm-hmm. and she was pretty reluctant to, to tell anybody because I, I guess she was scared, right? That, uh, oh, no, she told, she told uh, Pete's dad. She called it in. Yeah. And yeah. Pete's dad just like blew it off, which put, implicates him just more and more. But I think that's a red herring. I think he's just a big dipshit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is it like, why doesn't he, so asking questions, why doesn't he tell anybody? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it could be said, I think we kind of talked about this last about episode two is he working is he kind of like a plant or working with the Tuttle corporation to cover things up you know right to, and, and I'll ask this question is Annie K unrelated to I, I know they found her tongue but like is this all related or not I mean and it's, it, that's a great question but I mean, you do have. I mean, as we go, it, well, we'll talk about it more. But you do. I mean, there is some connection of what we see on Annie's phone at the end, um, possibly. So, but this is the thing. We're not. I don't know if the audience, the audience, were asking the right question. 
Yeah, you know, I agree. And that's where I think my first question as a reviewer and audience member is, is what we're being told real? Yeah. Or what is Accurate. real? Yeah. What is, what is, is what Navarro, we know her mom was messed up and her sister was, is messed up. Is, is she messed up? Does right. she have mental issues? Um, is a lot, what we're seeing there, from her real? There's a lot of like baggage and personal like things going on, right? It's a small town. So like, you know, Navarro's dealing with her sister. Um, uh, Danvers is dealing with her like stepdaughter um, and like reconciling with the death of her husband and we're assuming son, uh, infant son. And then, like, mm. Pete and his dad have, like, this back and forth. Like, Pete wants nothing to do with his dad for the, like, kind of. It's weird. Um, I'm assuming he he just, like, beat Pete as a kid. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he shows up at the ice and he gives Pete, like, his old, like, ice skates in case he ever yeah. wants to take. He's, like, trying to, like, form this bond with his son. And I think it's all a way to, like, undermine um, Danvers. But Danvers, then he, yeah. like they're like calling her like mrs robinson and stuff like that like was it was anybody picking up any vibe that like she wanted to bang pete yeah i don't know if that's because her reputation around town is like yeah pretty free sexually but i mean i haven't picked up that um no yeah and but i think that maybe the because i'm thinking i'm thinking like her and him and danvers uh the dad and john hawk's character and danvers had um they fucked at some point i could see that i could see that because i mean it, she's sleeping with the other police guy which everybody knows about each other yeah yeah it maybe like you know navarro was her like mentee at one point you know she was her mentor mm -hmm. and they hooked up and it's like oh another one you know like yeah i don't know super weird and kind of <sighs> Looking back, I can see the signs because even Pete's like wife is like, "Oh, Danvers is calling you like any time of the night." Blah blah blah, and it's like, okay, well, mm -hmm. everybody's hinting at it. It just seems too forced, but I don't know. I thought that was an interesting take. Um, yeah. And another big part is like Navarro goes out to Kavik when he's at like his like fishing shack. Yeah. And like, of course, she like like shouts and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna scare off the fishes and stuff like this." And <laughs> She asked him to find the name of that to to find that guy, um, Oliver something. Um, yeah, we find out that someone to, else was at the Salaw station. Yeah, before he, he left, before there. like the murders. Yeah. yeah, and like ask him to find you know find the guy because they can't find any information on him. But you know through his bootlegging, you know connections, he may be able to find the guy just because he's in touch with everybody you know in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Um. But he does the, the whole quid pro quo thing about if you want your information, you have to give me information, um, which I, maybe it's a relationship tactic because Navarro's so guarded. He's just trying to you know get her to open up. But it seemed a pretty weird time to do that. Um, yeah. And it made me think maybe he's got ulterior motives because supposedly Silence of the Lambs was a big influence on this season. Mm -hmm. And considering Jodie Foster's in it, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled this quid pro quo stuff that Hannibal Lecter pulled. Yeah, are you thinking Kavik's involved? 
Maybe he and Annie Kay had a relationship. Yeah. I don't know. It's there's so many theories uh, around this stuff, but um, she like fought it for a while and then came back and then gave in. But that's 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 where we learn that, about her mom. Yeah, her mom like um, like died before she could give her her like inupiate name. Um, so we was messed up. She had like mental illness as well, right? Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm kind of. Um, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I got to go back and watch this again, but based on when she was talking to Kavik, it seems like her mom went out of the onto the ice and never came back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Versus like, I mean, she's talking about she was murdered, but I think she specifically just went out on the ice and never came back. And like, This kind of leads into my theory later on of what happens or what I think may be involved, and I'll tell you why at the end. Mm. But nice. Um, but then that that kind of leads from there, right, into um, Danvers' stepdaughter going to the protest. Um, yeah. With her, oh my, I don't even want to pick that up. Her girlfriend, yeah. but. Um, yeah, and then the girlfriend so, just walks away and we never see her the rest of the yeah, time. And you, you never see her. Then, She's the only like Anglo at this meeting. Um and yeah, that was weird. Um, but yeah, then like they are like chanting and like they hate the mine and the mine is poisoning and all this stuff. And um then like they make an, an announcement that somebody's like baby died. A stillborn baby again, or something. Yeah, yeah. An another or, stillborn baby. So, yeah. another piece of evidence to the theory of toxicity. You know, the in in the water or the food, um, poisoning yeah. people. And, but yeah, they have like that moment of silence, and then people start like with the. It's not chanting, but you know, with the yeah, whatever it is. Trying to say it yeah. without sounding ignorant. <laughs> protesting or rallying and i mean just i mean they're, they're we're only seeing the problems from the native side yep you know i mean there was a fight in the bar where the the mine worker was basically saying my children drink the same water too or whatever but do they you know right. um and we see danvers goes to kind of the memorial for the stillborn with um it's all oh yeah yeah uh, and then she goes to the bathroom and the water is awful but we oh, don't see awful. her any other time with the water so is it just the people out um just the natives experiencing that or i mean it doesn't seem like there's like a reservation and like a white people part of town. I mean, it seems like right. there's a little intermingling. So I mean, the way she looked at the water was like, she's never seen that before. Or I, I was kind of curious. And yeah, um, that's, and she was pretty shocked when she turned it on and put her hands on her and she was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like they yeah. don't seem segregated at all. Like they, you know, it's just yeah. like, Oh, they live next door. They live next door. Like, um, yeah. so I don't, maybe she has different, maybe she just, <laughs> 
I mean, you got to th- you got to imagine she showers, right? So I can't. Yeah. Or maybe it's just different parts of where you live in town or are more. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. At risk. It's weird. Yeah, but um, yeah, they have the protest and then the memorial for the stillborn and um. Oh yeah, Danvers like goes to put away like she's looking at the evidence at her house and she goes to put away the turkey. And like can hear like whispering like from the fridge, so uh, there's so many like. Oh, I missed that. Danvers heard whispering too. Yeah, she's like standing there. She puts a turkey away, and she I think she hears like she's coming or something like that. And then her stepdaughter like walks in and like throws the whole thing off. That's when she makes her like wash the shit off her face and um the the tribal markings and stuff like that, and then. And then that's when that's when Navarro leads into she, you know, is out alone on the ice and slips and hits her head and or no, she throws the orange back. Yeah. And then she gets a call about her sister. Our sister just flipped out and then is yeah. at that like uh, uh, beached sh- container, cargo ship, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so she knows like that's like where she goes. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I think because we got to get into theories, so we kind of yep. should wrap up the recap. But it, it's all, there's so many, there's so much stuff going on in each episode. And, you know, even this was kind of like, kind of ho-hum until the end. I mean, we've talked about so many different things that came up. Um, but, you know, we have, um, you know, it's funny, because on this show, there's always a phone call that says like, hey guys, you got to come see this yeah you know like so <laughs> i mean navarro and navarro and danvers go and see um the guy that covid gives them that was uh out at soul station yeah yeah who, the oliver guy yeah oliver who's basically at a nomad encampment yeah out off on the, the grid off, yeah yeah and there's like a whole gang of like whites and natives and just random randos there and like did there was a guy that had like gray hair and glasses that looked like i'm like this guy was probably at the salal station too and just like went off the grid like it just seems it was interesting seeing this camp and then they go and i I thought the same about that guy like yeah. I thought that was going to be the Oliver guy because he was yeah, like same yeah my biases or whatever but like he was white had a beard had glasses I was like this guy looks like a scientist yeah and yeah, it turns like, out like it, it like he, the other the, the guy they're looking for is like in his shed like yeah yeah he's like the only one like that has a little house <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah. everybody else is freezing outside he's well, just like kind of like yeah a fishing shack or something without the hole yeah. Um, but he's sitting there with his gun and it's like, don't come inside. Um, but they tell him about this law scientist and he kind of like looks concerned. Yeah. With like, maybe he knows that some funky shit is happening. Uh, but basically tells him to get out. We need to shoot him unless he, they give a warrant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course they get outside and they're like, get a phone call you guys got to come down here and see this or he's a yeah it's all perfect timing like holy shit you guys got to see this 
Well, they keep getting pulled. I mean, this is like through all three episodes, someone calls them and pulls them somewhere else. And it's funny because like, it's a cell phone error. They can't like send them a picture or video of some of the things. Now, they get pulled away to go to the hospital in this instance to see Lund, who looks like the guy from the Metallica one video um no arms no legs uh wait he no arms no legs what's in the office Uh, no arms no legs this is how we land a nation yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he looks like the dude on the cover of all the iron maiden albums i mean it's super but but it was interesting to see i I was reading a lot you know right you get to go down these reddit rabbit holes so they get there and the, the, the nurse warns them like this is the worst thing you've ever seen. Just brace yourself. And it's not that bad. I mean, for what having his someone, one of the idiot police, like rip off his arm and like, oh, from fraud, you know, all this stuff and amputate the legs. And um, so I was reading, I read it and someone who's a nurse was like, yeah, it looks like a diabetes patient, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like people that don't take care of themselves from diabetes, like limbs are being cut off and rotting off. And, um, I thought it'd be worse. Yeah, I mean it was still pretty graphic, but I thought it'd be way like. Yeah, I don't know how worse you could make it, but yeah, I I think it's funny how he survived. But remember, like this is hilarious. Like they the bodies are de- are defrosting, right? So they're running out of mm-hmm. time to get figure like have control of the case, and they can't get their like pathologist guy in because there's a blizzard so they like call in like pete's cousin who's a vet yeah and it's like there's a hospital like right down the street apparently that doesn't have like a doctor that could look at dead bodies i don't know what that's about but yeah um yeah the the vet was like uh yeah these guys look like they died and then were frozen like that's not what a uh, frozen you know a person who dies of hypothermia looks like and it's like wouldn't jody foster know that being a detective in alaska yeah yeah, that's like they died of fright, you know, like, yeah, with the expression on their face, it wouldn't be, yeah. So it was interesting that the vet had to come in and say that, but and they mentioned specifically caribou. You seen caribou die of fright, and the last time we saw caribou, oh, they were yeah. all jumping off the cliff, the opening, um, yeah. So it's almost like, I mean, they had to have seen something that made them run and jump to their death yeah um so there's something on the ice and you know good call on that one um i think we cover everything up until the hospital scene now you know and yeah, they, up until they, the last two two minutes yeah danvers and navarro go into the room and their danvers starts asking questions uh does he really say anything um, I don't think so. I think he's pretty inaudible. The room. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty inaudible. And, then, and she's kind of like berating him. She's like, What did you see on yeah. the ice? And he's like, Freaking out. Yeah. And then, and of course, gets pulled away. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so convenient. I mean, it's, it's interesting that, and this is my last example, the unreliable narrator. But so she gets basically someone comes in and basically is like the oath keepers are here and they're starting the insurrection again um, but <laughs> in the hospital 
And so Jodie Foster leaves the room, but Navarro is drawn into the situation. Like, it seems like there's a force holding her there. Yeah. Um, so it's just her, the nurse, nobody else is in there. And this is where we see Lund kind of come out of a suffering, dying state, sits up in bed. Shit. Yeah, basically says, um, your mother says hello, she's waiting for you. Yeah. And does he does he say anything else? I think it was pretty I think that's it. And then he just like um, goes back down and just goes into like shock or what you know, he starts like having a seizure or whatever it is. Yeah, basically um, dies right after he yeah, says that. I, I'm thinking he's dying, yeah. Yeah. And and I'd be surprised if he's alive when we see episode four. And yeah. then um so he basically dies. And they go out of the room. Pete basically or comes in and says, I've cracked Danny's phone. Um the, the hacker of Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um did, did it say how he cracked it? I don't think he did. I don't I don't think he went into specifics, but he managed to get into like the videos or you know, the photos on her phone. Yeah. Um and it's like a video one, of her. One, one, one. Two, two, yeah, two, he, just, two. he just started three. from zero 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 one zero 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 two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and found video of her like in an ice cavern, and yeah. being very frightened and saying if anybody finds this and stating her name like she's being chased. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if she says anything else other than that, and then like gets attacked, or we think gets attacked. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that was so. This, you know, this is the interest. And so, remember in True Detective season one finale, like Matt McConaughey goes and is it they go into fucking Carcosa, like these tunnels and yeah, uh, shit, right? I mean, we all. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day, and I'm like, you know. Like, oh shit, the Reggie Ledoux part where they kill him. Yeah. It's not the end. Like, he's not no. even, I mean, he had some girls, but it wasn't, it was just all part of the thing. And it's like, they go into this almost supernatural kind of, I mean, it, it wasn't because the, I always forget his name, but the green eared spaghetti monster, I call him. Yeah. Um, you know, is in there. And then, but it's like this series of, it's this elaborate like maze to in this building in the like the basically carcosa yeah and super strange yeah and and so what i'm thinking is is this ice cave is going to be some like series of interconnected caves or something that they're going to have to maneuver in like in carcosa to find whatever it is that's doing this it's possible you know, very similar to season one. And now I think the the interesting part is so I was listening to the official HBO podcast on this episode with um Issa Lopez and she said without even taking into account like the supernatural shit and horror film shit that happened at the end, 
Yeah. She said episode four is going to be like a horror movie and oh. with a lot of supernatural stuff. Hell yeah. I mean, she said that. So, you know, so it makes me question like, like is maybe maybe these narrators are reliable yeah um but like that kind of goes to my theory of what's happening is that this is somehow like connected to navarro's mom <laughs> so that's a great point like, if she went out onto the ice i don't know if we have a body or a, so i guess there's two things like because they keep saying she, right? So my yep. first inclination is some kind of supernatural Navarro's mom or Annie Kay. And we find Annie Kay's tongue on the soul station. But is this like, is this something with Annie Kay or with um, Navarro's mom? It maybe, or is it Salal station bringing back experimenting on dead native women yeah the tongue is a pretty yeah. big uh pretty big key to for it to be at the station that's pretty weird yeah are they like regenerating these women these like native dead women that are being murdered it but depends on the direct like, i mean it it's such an unusual show considering the I'm only going off of season one because season one had like rational explanations somewhat yeah. to the to the bizarre. Um and considering the show, like Nico, what's his name, it has nothing to do with the show anymore. Um, are they sticking with reality or are they trying to are or are they starting to bend the show in a you know, did they find something in the ice? Do they really want to take it that scientific? Is it something supernatural? Do they really want to go down that like that path? Like it's a super interesting. They're at a fork in a road where they could go any different direction. Um, yeah, yeah, because that's um, that's a great question because with Nick Pizzolatto in the first four seasons or first three seasons, yeah. It's all grounded in logic. I mean, why there is some like kind of yellow king Carcosa worshiping. It's more. There's more tangible logical yeah. explanations. I mean, they right. they do detective work to uncover this, right? Yeah. So, are we getting something different, or is like kind of the supernatural part of a false narrative um by people being so either either being experimented on with the water with the mining with the um, salal station um and hallucinating and being crazy or is it you know but like what could explain uh, the corpsicle yeah you know yeah how do you explain seven guys scared so bad that they die of heart attacks and then they all get clumped into a giant frozen popsicle yeah yeah i, I i'm so torn on what direction the show could go because 
I'm thinking like the whole supernatural stuff is all not mind think, but you know, uh, self reinforcing, you know, theory or or you know, fact that these people were killed to cover something up, and everybody else is just you know, it's you're in your first week of nothing but nighttime, and like you just start seeing shit. I don't know, like yeah, is shit it, that's not there. <laughs> but is it this like extremely? experimented on polar bear <laughs> you know yeah like, what's that about <laughs> i mean so i mean it's so much and it and i think what in the podcast too with you know, reading about this season Issa lopez had this idea for night country before even the connection to true detective yeah so she kind of shaped it in the true detective world yeah. But it could be like, I mean, it could be like completely supernatural and there could be a supernatural explanation. I mean, it could be, it could be. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. You know, I think the polar bear, I think is like, uh, I think it's Navarro's like spirit animal. Cause there's talks about having spirit animals. And yeah. I think like it having one eye is like her only like willing to see half of the truth i don't know there's something mm, to, there's something good. metaphorical behind that but um you know i think one thing that we're leaving out because they they make such a point to it like danvers is on tinder <laughs> yeah and she like doesn't shit where she eats which we know is not true so yeah, like she's she only like deceiving herself right and then she says mm. she like sets the radius to Fairbanks, but from what I've heard, that's like really far from where they're supposedly based. <laughs> yeah. So she's like dr taking a weekend off to go like meet some guy. I don't know. It's so, it's it's such a weird thing to leave out there that I saw you know speculation that maybe she's the one catfishing you know Pete's dad, pretending to be the Russian bride, but that seems out of character for her. <laughs> yeah. Well, and where does know. she have the time? She's fucking always like... working always working and she has a teenage daughter and you know visiting people's houses and making their kids mac and cheese yeah she um, knew where the mac and cheese was she could find that but she couldn't find navarro's cans like <laughs> of tuna in the pantry so it's like there's that i don't know it's super weird yeah i'm yeah, with I you mean, what's your unreliable what's... narrator is i think a huge part of this what is your theory if you had to press today and say what do you think is gonna like, who killed the scientist and who killed Annie Kay? Well, I'm going to say the mine. Um, they're poisoning people. Annie Kay and Ray were having a relationship. They've, oh, I, actually, you know what? I'm going to say that it has nothing to do with it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reverse. I'm going to say that Annie Kay was having a relationship with somebody like Comic, right? And yeah. um, got scared into these ice caverns or whatever. And got killed, and then they moved her body and cut out her tongue, and then like sent it to Ray, and then just murdered all the scientists to cover it up to make it look like it was something else. But it's really just a mm -hmm. love, like a uh, 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 um, what, uh, passion murder. Uh, I can't remember what mm -hmm. it's called. Um, and yeah, it like, has passion, nothing to do with like, poisoning, yeah, yeah. and it nothing to do with the mine. It's just it's all to cover it up because like. Everybody's sleeping around with everybody. You can't tell me somebody's not getting jealous and killing somebody over that. Yeah. No, I I'm going to go way I left think... field. I'm going to go way left field. Yeah. 
No, but I think you're on to something. Like, I don't think Annie K is connected for some reason. I That's agree. Like my gut feeling. Like, it sounds more like a love triangle. Like, she was, she got really into fucking Wicca with Clark, Raymond Clark, and, you know, was shacking up with him. And, you know, maybe Kavik got her out on the ice. Like, he was doing her too. And then she ran and found these caves. And somebody who was so. I don't think a mind like the way they described the brutality of how she was killed. Oh, stabbed several dozen times after she was dead. It has to be like somebody that was close to her and yeah, told. it's a you see this in like you know Dateline episodes with someone who was in love with them and was betrayed, or you know, there's some kind of hatred stabbing there, not somebody just like very not personal. someone protesting yeah not someone protesting yeah. oh she's protesting the mind like i'm so upset i'm gonna go stab her 37 times yeah get in line like, there's a whole warehouse full of people doing that yeah was it i mean it's other thing is is you know we see the blue streak in the hair right we see we see navarro's sister have yep. the blue streak in the hair you know was she was she jealous of any k was she doing something with uh i don't know how old she is but was she doing something with raymond clark too you know they kind of make a deal that these people are isolated up there but as we find out they've had multiple interactions with townies you know at some point yeah. so like whoa it theory just crossed my mind yeah um blue hair the the, the hairstylist um remember that pete's dad uh, was going to let the drunk driver go. And Danny yeah. said, just because she blows you every once in a while doesn't mean you get to let her, yeah. like, <laughs> let her walk. Yeah. What if he, like, Navarro never arrested Annie Kay for protesting and Pete's dad, like, picked her up, right? Because it came to him. And he, like, yeah. tried to, like, blackmail her, get sex out of her. And yeah. she, like, refused him or something. And he just fucking kills her and then just makes it look like it's the mine. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that. I think these are all tangible theories and like there's still something off with with him with um for sure and I mean he could have been spurned by her or been obsessed with Annie Kay too yeah uh, maybe they had a relationship For, at former some point. lover yeah so I mean this is we're I mean, gonna yeah. be way wrong probably yeah, on everything yeah, sure. but <laughs> yeah we're not there we're not asking the right question yeah yeah but but i think i mean think about it because like but it, you know i can't remember his name pete's dad i'm just gonna keep yeah. calling him pete's dad yeah um <laughs> you know he's got these like you know proud boys like in his pocket for anything yeah. and they have rifles and shit right and when they go to like manhunt ray clark he's like let's get this son of a bitch and navarro's like alive right and he's like you think he deserves that like yeah what if he and his like proud boys went up to the like research facility to like fuck with ray or something like that and then i'm not saying they wound up killing everybody i don't, I don't know but like ray got away so now like pete's dad is like out to get him before he can tell anybody anything yeah i don't know i'm we no, we I could think... be going in the complete wrong direction <laughs> no but i think that's but I think that 
make sense and if we're you know we're we're asking questions and if we ask a question like from a logical standpoint right right if you ask the question what why would someone want to stab annie k 37 times or whatever the number is for something really high like that so what drives that it's not it's not something related to the mind no now the the thing is is if like any k uncovered something that was protesting guess what the mind brings in somebody pops one in the back of her head she's done yeah not or not the, takes her out to the to the fucking ice shelf and just throws her in the water yeah like that's a common like you know people just walk off on uh, of the ice and just drown right you just make yeah. her go away you don't leave her like as an example <laughs> yeah so i i think the question i think that's asking the right questions of why would someone do that and then the other question is why would um Why? What or why would those scientists run out onto the ice? Yeah, and were they? I think so. If they died of fright and were in those positions, most likely they were moved there and placed there on purpose, right? Versus yep, just being all killed right there. Uh, John Hawks is Hank Pryor, so Pete. Status Hank. Hank, Hank and Hank, Pete. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah Hank, don't Hank don't forget, right. Hank was the first one on scene. Yeah. After the delivery driver called it in, Hank's the first one. Oh, there's no trucks missing. How the fuck would he know that? Yeah. I don't know. I, I you, you pick one lane, you could ride it all the way to the end, right? You could make mm -hmm. it be the theory, but we could be way off. <laughs> yeah. But I like yeah. where that's heading. The guy's just too weird. Yeah. Is it Chekhov's gun or is it a red herring? Yeah. Is he meant it's... to is he just miserable and fucks with people, or is he really involved with stuff? Yeah. Um or is he kind of a plant from the Tuttle organization to keep things running at the Salal or keep them from out of I don't know there's something going there's there I think we need I think I still don't think by I think I still don't think we're gonna know what's going on after episode four um but episode five we should have a better idea I would think so a lot of theories know, man. Man. there's it's it's so it's, good i mean a show this good drives you know, it's like succession right we have all of these theories of how it's going to end and all this stuff this is what makes a great show to me is like this has like five different paths you could take and yeah. they could all be wrong <laughs> yeah but 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 with the only difference is with succession there was a logical order true true and no supernatural element like yeah I mean, you pretty much knew Logan was going to die at some point. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, I don't think anybody saw, not many people probably saw Tom Wong scans coming, but, no. you know, well, even, you were even, kind of like. 
even think about, you know, maybe this is the direction that Max is wanting to go because think, remember they did The Outsider, which was a Stephen yeah. King novel? Which was and great. Like, and they should have renewed it. Yeah. But... They should have picked that up because that was wild. Yeah. So maybe that's the direction they're going to take this series. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, man, anything else on True Detective? No. I mean, we could talk forever, and um, oh yeah, we could we could spend a couple of yarns just coming up with more theories. Yeah. No, nothing but, else for me. Nice. Well, I'm gonna have to finish. I'm gonna have to give uh, In the Know a watch on Peacock, um, since that's got our boy Zach Woods in it, um, and it seems to be a Mike Judge um, development. And uh, I'm gonna finish watching Ted. I'm gonna give my take on Ted next time we record because I'm gonna power through the rest of the season. Yeah, um, how many episodes are there? I think it's six or seven or eight. It's not very long. Okay. Yeah. So I gotta imagine it gets picked up for a second one. Um it's it's tickling my funny bone, so I hope it does. Uh, yeah, you can't see. go wrong with the talking teddy bear. Yeah, it's just the faces he makes, dude. It's just his blank stare is so <laughs> funny. It just you know it's a teddy bear. Uh, yeah. you have to throw out logic in that because like the teddy bear eats and sleeps. And like apparently is a real horn dog, but I don't know how that works. So <laughs> yeah. it's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to dig too much into the. Uh... Yeah, you got to stay service on that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, no, it was good to talk about True Detective. Um, you know, appreciate everybody for joining us this week on Can We Kick a Pod. You know, check out the website, Kick It the Media. Tune in next week. We'll keep talking about True Detective and the wild theories that we have. And uh, some of the other shows that we we have talking about, um, I haven't even started Masters of the Air on Apple TV, which I heard was not terribly great. So yeah. kind of reluctant to start that. Um, but yeah, tune in next week. We'll have more content um, as we power through. You know, we're just on our on the doorstep of our second year of recording. Um, we just did our hundredth episode, so uh, look for some celebratory pictures to come out from that. And uh, as always, as cousin likes to say, I am the Yellow King.